Good Monday morning. Hello, humans. Hello, humans of Minnesota, Minneapolis, the world, all those places. Um, and not necessarily in one particular order or other. Hello, this is Ellie Krug with Ellie 2.0 Radio. Hello. Happy Monday morning. Actually, happy Monday, final day of the final four, long weekend. Um, yep, there you go. We've got that going on. And doesn't Minneapolis seem so special? Twin Cities, because we have the final four. Mm, there you go. Anyway, welcome to LE 2.0. Um, where I talk about being an idealist and I talk about idealism. And you know what? I'm, I'm here. I'm starting to hear from people in various sectors, not just here in Minnesota or the Twin Cities about this radio show, about this, you know, of course we go to podcast, um, you know, and, and Apple iTunes and all that kind of stuff where you can grab this thing. And I'm just telling you, I'm starting to hear from people in many other places about this show. So boom. Um, that and, of course, $3.43 will get you a cup of hot chocolate at Caribou. The theme today is about forgiveness and the transfer form, transformational or transformative power of forgiveness. And I'm going to talk about um, um, a concept called the Forgiveness Project. And uh, I'm going to have an interview with a man named John Anderson about um, a, an exhibit from the Forgiveness Project um, that took place in a church in Andover, uh, Minnesota. And you may recall that several weeks ago I did a show about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa following the end of apartheid. And by, by no means do I want to overdose you on the theme of forgiveness, but, you know, I think that there's more here. And there's more that's worth uh, discussion and consideration. And, um, and so I want to first talk about, um, for this first segment, a true idealist um, and a nonprofit and then rippling that this woman inspired. The idealist at hand is named uh, Marina Cantacuzino. Uh, she is a British journalist, uh, still alive who stumbled onto the power of forgiveness. Uh, according to a speech that um, Marina Cantacuzino gave in 2016, um, in the early uh, 2000s, she related how she stumbled onto this thing about forgiveness. In the early 2000s, she was you know, in London um, watching a, um, a TV show. It was a British news program about a... a uh, a judicial medical in, medical inquest into the death of a young boy who had been prescribed the, the wrong medication by a doctor. She related that after the inquest, um, she saw that the father had embraced the doctor and had, had told the doctor that the father forgave the doctor for his mistake, and, which resulted in the death of the father's child. And he, and he told the doctor, the dad told the doctor that he didn't want the doctor's mistake to ruin the doctor's life. And this caused Conta Casino uh, to be on the lookout for stories about forgiveness. As I said, she was a journalist. And at the time, uh, this was just a, a, a before, right before the Iraq war began. And, of course, a lot of um, hatred and a lot of vengeance and all kinds of things go on with war. But by uh, a year's end, um, she had uh, collected 26 stories. Uh, some of those stories um, uh, uh, were about horrific crimes where someone had harmed another human. Others of those stories were about a variety of the things that humans experience that caused them to be vengeful and unforgiving. And all of these were stories about how people had come to forgive. Once she had collected these stories, um, it kind of became, well, what do I do with this now? And some people in London with whom uh, she was acquainted said, you need to create an exhibit about this. And so in January of 2004, the first exhibit of the F-word um, actually, the title of the exhibit was, quote, F-word, colon, Images of Forgiveness, um, opened at the OXO Gallery in London. 
Um, and the way that the exhibit works is that there are pictures and then stories um, for the pictures of the human um, relative to the harm that they had suffered at the hands of someone else one way or another and that how they had come to forgive that human or the organization that had caused their harm. Um, so this exhibit, which was, you know, she didn't set out to create an exhibit, but she had one. The F word exhibit was incredibly well received. And as things are apt to do, um, the idea of a nonprofit focused on forgiveness rippled from there. And ultimately, there was a nonprofit created named the Forgiveness Project. Um, that nonprofit counts among um, its supporters Archbishop Desmond Tutu, um, who I spoke of a, a couple of three weeks ago when we spoke about the Truth and Reconciliation um, Commission in South Africa. Archbishop Desmond Tutu is one of the founding patrons for the Forgiveness Project. Pretty good name to have behind uh, a brand new nonprofit. Let me talk a bit about the idealist Mar uh, Marina Cantacuzino. First of all, you can't find a Wikipedia page for her. She doesn't have one. Um, that alone uh, says something about her, that she is focused more on what her work is rather than on herself. Um, parenthetically here, I'll throw in, um, Ellie Krug does have a Wikipedia page, so um, maybe I'm not as um, um, as um, altruistic as uh, Marina is. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, of course, not a competition. However, you can find a Wikipedia page on the Forgiveness Project, um, which says a lot about um, how uh, what the project is and, and what it's doing. Marina Cantacuzino, I'm going to guess, is somewhere in her 50s or early 60s. You can go online and you can find a number of talks that she gave. She is not, I would not call her particularly charismatic. I would not. Um, and she even in, admits in one of the interviews I, I watched that um, she's not much of a people person. And she admits that. Um, and frankly, and I please, I, I'm, I'm doing this because I'm trying to make a point. I'm not trying to be critical, but she, on screen, she looks a little disheveled. She does. But I will tell you, her words are gripping. So it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. Um, and what she talks about is finding um, and exploring how forgiveness is difficult, but that it is transformative for those who do forgive, who engage in forgiveness. And so um, in one of her talks, she quoted Mark Twain, the American Mark Twain being quote, quoted by a Brit. And she quoted Twain for this um, saying, quote, Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that crushes it, unquote. I've got to say that again because I think it's just a great saying. Forgiveness is the fragrance that the violet sheds on the heel that crushes it. One of the things that Marina Cantacuzino wanted to do was to recognize that anger or vengeance is a human way of gaining control over a situation where you lack control and over a situation where you've been harmed or someone you love has been harmed. It turns out that forgiveness is actually the opposite of control. It's giving up control. But, in order to, but once you do that, you pave the way for healing. Um, Maria Cantacuzino has also found that hearing stories of another person's act of forgiving helps to pave the way for a second person to move forward in their own forgiving. And you may remember that on this show at various times I've said that we are a society of storytellers and story listeners. That is how we actually learn that's how we learn what's acceptable, what the mores are, what the norms are, by hearing other people's stories or by hearing about what they did with a certain situation. Maria Cantacatino has said that the pain of the past 
won't serve to poison the future if you forgive. She settled on the name of the F word as the this project, this exhibit with this, the, the 26 stories, the stories of the humans, you know, with their pictures. She, she settled on the word, on the, on the title, the name for that exhibit as the F word um, because for some, forgiveness is a dirty word. Some people seek to weaponize vengeance, to weaponize um, feeling... Um, feeling hatred. And so, of course, uh, forgiveness would be the opposite of that. The other thing that Marina Cantacuzino said is that she wants to take forgiveness out of the straitjacket of religion and to show that it is human-based, not religious-based. And in that sense, you don't have to be a superhuman to forgive. You don't need extraordinary strength to forgive. You just need to be open to finding some meaning from the pain that you are experiencing. This forgiveness stuff is big. It's way bigger, and I'll talk about that in my last segment. But in the next segment, I'm going to talk to someone whose church recently hosted uh, the F-Word exhibit, um, and we're going to learn about how that impacted um, their church. And we're going to talk with uh, John Anderson, our our, our guest, um, about him being an idealist. So when we come back from our break, we'll have John Anderson on the line, or we'll have him in in, in the studio, and we'll talk more about forgiveness on this theme of forgiveness for our show. And we'll be back in a minute. Thanks. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Do yourself a favor and check out the amazing cuisine of eatlocalminnesota.com. More than just a website, eatlocalminnesota.com provides you with the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities. The award-winning Hazel's Northeast combines the feel of a small-town diner with the vibrant nature of its Northeast Minneapolis neighborhood. Whether it's breakfast, lunch, weekend brunch, or dinner, their classically inspired and creatively prepared American comfort food is always made from scratch. Hazel's Northeast at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. EatLocalMinnesota.com The dedicated staff at Nightingale Restaurant take pride in presenting a thoughtful and delicious approach to food and drink, whether you're visiting for dinner, happy hour, or brunch. Their focus on made-from-scratch meals using sustainable and local ingredients is likely to make Nightingale your go-to spot for inspired food and drinks. Nightingale, Lindell and 26th in Minneapolis. I'm Candy Braffel, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. March is Auto Show Month at Rudy Luther. This means throughout the month, they'll have great auto show deals on all new Toyotas. My first Toyota love was the RAV4, and it's completely redesigned for 2019. And the new RAV4 Hybrid will be here soon. Remember, buy a new Toyota and get a $250 gift card. Trade in a vehicle on a new Toyota and get another $250 gift card. That means a total of $500 in savings. Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley and online at RudyLutherToyota.com. And we're back on AM 950, LE 2.0 Radio. Um, so 
I just talked to you about uh, the Forgiveness Project and Marina Kenta Casino. And now, um, for the big interview, I have somebody here in the, in the studio with me, John Anderson, from uh, Grace Lutheran Church up in Andover, where, where uh, recently the church brought in the Forgiveness Project for a nine-day run. Uh, and, uh, and, and the reason I'm having John here is because we've already, in the first segment, we've talked about theoretical. Remember the theme of the show, everyone is about forgiveness. And, um, we've already had somebody, we've already talked about that. So, John, I, I welcome to LA 2.0. I'm happy to have you here. How are you? I'm great, thanks. It's a great pleasure to be here. Uh, well, and it's really great to have you here, uh, John. And so, um, uh, uh, um, I've reached out to you, and I'll tell you why. Because I had Googled the Forgiveness Project, and then when I, when I, uh, after I Googled it, one of the things that came up was showing. Um, unfortunately, we missed it by a few weeks here, but showing that at Grace Lutheran Church in Andover, the Forgiveness Project, the exhibit had been there. Yes. And I thought, oh my God! At first, I got really excited because I thought. Maybe I was hitting it during the time when the exhibit was there, and I would have absolutely been up to the church. But I missed, we missed it by a couple of weeks. But I wanted to bring you in. So, John, first of all, let's get the audience to understand a little bit about you. You are, you are a, um, um, a human who uh, you, you belong to Grace Lutheran in Andover, is yes. that right? Okay. All right. And on top of that, you've got like a day job where, I mean, you're very involved with the church, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But you've got a day job where you work for an ag company, right? I do. I am a dairy nutritionist. Dairy nutritionist. And you and I off <laughs> off, uh, off mic had talked about the fact that um, I, when I was a trial lawyer, I worked with uh, cows. Uh, I, I had a case with cows. But we don't need to go down that road. <laughs> So, John, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about Grace Lutheran up in Andover. How big a congregation is it? And, you know, in terms of the Lutheran world, is it, you know, is it um, evangelical or is it Missouri Synod or what? We're at ELCA Church. We're uh, about 400 in worship every weekend. Uh, We've got four services. Um, We're an open church. I mean, we, we, um, we believe that, and we are... Uh, in the corner of Andover and Anoka and Coon Rapids. So Andover might be our address, but uh, we serve other communities. We've got members that come from Elk River and Blaine and from the northern reaches of Oak Grove, where I happen to live. Okay. All right. Yes. And and so, and then, um, so in, uh, what, was it in February or was it in early March where the Forgiveness Project came to Grace Lutheran? We were able to schedule it right at the beginning of Lent, and um, Louisa from the Forgiveness Project, who happens to live in the Twin Cities, uh, she yep. gave us uh, a few extra days to host the uh, the F Word is the name of the exhibit. Yep, and we uh, we had it uh, set it up right before Ash Wednesday, so it was with us when we began Lent, and there was something very very good about that too. Okay, well, and I know Louisa, and that's actually probably how I found out about the Forgiveness Project to begin with. So, uh, well, this is a big deal, though. You've got um, what I would characterize as um, a suburban, if not a rural, church bringing in. You know the F word exhibit um, to a number of probably a number of people. Even though you're um, uh, evangelical, and I mean, still you're in a community where probably the idea of forgiveness may be um, something that uh, is not commonly talked about. Tell me what kind of you you brought it in. You set it up in the church, right? Uh, can you describe what the exhibit looks like for the F word? Uh, it's, it's a series of 18 banners, and um, I don't know if I can give you the dimensions exactly, and that doesn't matter that much. They're roughly three by uh, seven feet long, and uh, we chose to hang them on the walls of the sanctuary. And so we we put them all around us. So as we sat in worship, we had these banners of these uh, incredible stories, and some of them, actually all of them, are quite heartbreaking, what people went through. But on the other end of the tragedy that they all faced 
is the action of forgiveness, their choice for forgiveness, and the hope that that brings. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that, that, of course, is the great thing about, about the F word as well as about the Forgiveness Project in general. What kind of reactions did you get from congregants and from members of the public who viewed this exhibit? Uh, there, was, there was a wide variety. There were some people that came in and spent uh, two to two and a half hours um, just viewing the banners and making sure that they soaked in what was on each one, and, and each one told a story. Uh, so there's a picture of the individuals involved on those banners, and people can see that on the Forgiveness Project website, of course. But uh, then there's a description. There's a, there's a story underneath the pictures of what's going on. And it does take uh, a little while to go through them all. Uh, and they're all very different. They're different stories from different parts of the world. I, I think to, to get to your question, though, um, there was a, a woman that came all the way from St. Paul, came late in the day, uh, and uh, just before we closed, and she didn't really have time, uh, but she she was she was on a mission to the Forgiveness Project because she had been, undergone some uh, sexual assault as a kid, and um, she, she shared she shared this with you. She shared. She didn't go into the whole story, but she told us that. She's in a place where she's experiencing forgiveness and reliving that. And, uh, you know, this this was just a, a place for her to be as part of that journey. And there's how did, other, how other did, stories. Can I like interrupt that. you? How did that impact you when you heard this woman sharing this in the church? It gets to me. I mean, I there's a, there's a, a place in all of our hearts for empathy, which I've I've heard you talk about before, right? Yeah. And uh, you know that he, he, uh, the way I see this project, if she was the only person that had come to see the project, to me it was worth every bit of what we did. Oh my goodness! Okay, okay, I get that. I get that. And so, um, so it ran for you said nine days, right? Yes, it did. And you had people coming yeah. in and, and, and then during the ser- – or before or after the service. But the church was also open and people could come during that time that it was open just to go look at the exhibit. Correct? Yes, we had some public hours for the sanctuary when otherwise it may not have been open. Uh, you know, we, we had things cleared out so uh, people could come and view the banners. And we tried to maintain a setting of silence during that time so people could view in silence and periodically we had a a video loop uh, most of the videos being from the forgiveness project they have a a wonderful series of videos and we ran some selected videos that people could see as well okay well listen um when we're gonna we need to take a break but when we come back i want to talk a little bit more about the experience up in andover and then i want to talk about you because you are an idealist we talked you know identified that as i started to investigate this so we'll be back in a minute listeners we're talking with john anderson um from grace lutheran church in andover um if you like what you hear visit my website at elliekrug.com email me at elliejkrug at gmail.com and we'll be back in a second thanks Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. 
Hi, this is Ken Hagelin, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is JJ from Nightingale at 26 in Lindale. Come experience our delicious signature dishes and exciting rotation of inventive seasonal fare for my wife and chef, Carrie, and her team. Nightingale is the perfect place to gather for any occasion with our extensive wine, beer, and cocktail selection, along with our dedication to great service. We offer a full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m., two award-winning daily happy hours, and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. Art lovers, it's time to celebrate, learn about, and collect local art at the St. Paul Art Crawl, running April 26th to 28th. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you will have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for your own. And when you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community, too, with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at stpaulartcrawl.org. That's stpaulartcrawl.org. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today is mostly sunny with a high near 65. Tonight's mostly clear with a low around 38. Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high near 52. Wednesday, cloudy with a high near 40. And Thursday, snow with a high near 35. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Hazel's Northeast. For classically inspired, creatively prepared comfort food, come enjoy dishes such as Swedish meatballs, pesto chicken, and fish and chips. Visit them on 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. More info at eatlocalminnesota.com. And we're back on LE 2.0 Radio on AM 950. Um, we've been speaking with uh, John Anderson from uh, from Andover Andover Grace Grace Lutheran Church in Andover, Minnesota. How do you like that, Ellie? It's I'm sorry, it's a little bumpy today, folks, but you'll get the idea. Um, John, now before we broke, you were talking about you know folks coming to Grace Lutheran, seeing the F word exhibit, yes, seeing the project, um, people being positively impacted by it. Yes, can you tell me? Was there any was there any pushback by any of the congregants or anyone within the community about having having something called the F word, you know, um, exhibit at the church? <laughs> uh, oh, of course. I mean, there were some people that did not like the name the F word within the church and outside of the church. I know that, but frankly, uh, it's a little thing. It got people's attention. And, I mean, the message is so outstanding. Uh, it, it shouldn't stand in the way of, of what we're doing. And, and uh, it, it, really, uh, it really did get people's attention to, to show what we were doing. Yes. And, and, you know, the thing that struck me the most is I was re- researching the Forgiveness Project and specifically the F Word exhibit was that it's a very powerful thing the whole concept. And yet in the Twin Cities, it shows up in this tiny church, you know, out at the intersection between rural and suburbia, and it doesn't show up in any of the other big churches. Do you have any idea why that might be? I don't know. I um, We're not that tiny. I, I'd say we're a moderately sized congregation. Okay. And well, I didn't mean to insult. And, and some of the people in Andover and, and Donkey and Coon Rapids might not want to be called uh, urban. Um, we're in we're in the north suburbs. Uh, if you go toward where up where I live in the woods, toward Oak Grove and St. Francis, uh, yeah, that's more country. <laughs> but um, it showed up there because for us 
it was the right time for several of us on our, our ministry at the church called SALT, uh, which stands for Seek, Abide, Love, and Trust. Mm. And we work on adult education and prayer type things. And so it fit for us uh, for a lot of different reasons. And I, I know that this exhibit travels across North America from, from Grace. It was going to Texas, then it was going to Nebraska, and there's a high demand for it. Uh, within the Twin Cities, it has shown up in some places. Uh, Louisa Hext from the Forgiveness Project could tell you exactly. Okay. But okay. Um, yep. we were very fortunate that everything aligned, that uh, it worked out for us, especially right at the beginning of Lent. Well, then let's talk a little bit about you, okay, because I've gotten to know you as a result of trying to get this show uh, prepared, and it turns out you're an idealist, um, and, you know, I, I know one when I see one, and so can you talk a little bit? You grew up in Minnesota, is that right? I did. Okay. Yeah. And then, but early on, you, you, you knew that there was something up about what you wanted to do in the world, and, and can you talk a little bit about that? Okay. Um, I knew early on that uh, I, I had heard from someone when I was middle school age, 12, 13, uh, that had been in the United States Peace Corps, and I wanted to do that. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that I was going to do that. And um, hmm. I was fortunate to find uh, a gal, my wife Barb, who wanted to do that too. And so I worked in agriculture. She worked in health nutrition health and nutrition. We went to a little country called Belize, which was not the tourist des destination that it is now. What year was this? We went. What year? We went in, in the early 80s. Okay. And um, it, was a, it was a joy. It was wonderful to be in a place that was different, to learn a different culture, and uh, just uh, enjoy living there. We, we actually stayed an extra year, so we were there over three years. Okay. With the Peace Corps. Yes, all right, so that's pretty idealistic, if you ask me. It really is. <laughs> so, and then, you, and then, tell me a little bit more because you are. I mean, the uh, the F word is is part of your your personal mission in life, part of your your uh, your ministry. What else are you doing, John, to uh, make the world a better place? Well, I think I'm I'm fortunate to be uh, partnered with uh, some people at Grace Lutheran Church on our on our salt ministry team that are idealists too so uh, I, I'm speaking for them too. We, we work toward things that are unique um, prayer and educational things so currently that's what we do. Um, personally I sometimes get myself into some solo pilgrimages that um, my colleagues wonder where I'm going next my work right. colleagues. Yep. You've, <laughs> gone, you've gone to different parts of the world right? Yes I have um 2016, I visited the Iona community on the Isle of Iona in Scotland. That was an amazing experience for me. That's a peace and justice community. Um, very hard to get to. Um, long, a long-time established place. Um, I did a solo trip. Hold, to, on, hold on a second. Okay. When you say it's a peace and justice community, talk yes. a little bit more about it, because I'm not familiar with um, Iona. This is... Um, you know, this, I don't know if we have enough time, <laughs> but uh, idealistically, this was the aisle where St. Columba came, oh, probably 1,400 years ago to uh, from Ireland to Scotland, and he brought Christianity to, to Scotland from there. And so it was a base way back then, and I... Uh, Somewhere around 70 years ago, a man named George McLeod uh, resurrected the, a Michigan, a Michigan, a, a mission, <laughs> a mission there. And uh, he started uh, this community, which the goal is to spread peace and justice throughout the world. And it's it's a, a very it's a wonderful place where people from all over the world come to uh, Christian based. But uh, there are folks from from other faiths that that uh, attend there as well okay all right so go all right so you went there and you went there to to learn more and to be I, with I did. like thinkers i assume yeah i i was just really drawn to 
a topic called The Pilgrimage of Life, and it was presented by a Scottish author named Alistair McIntosh. And if you want to find Idealist, that's the guy. I mean, he, he's, he wrote a book called Soil and Soul, uh, which I read about. And, of course, being in agriculture, that spoke to me a little bit more, too. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just went to see what would happen. I felt like I needed to be there. And turns out it, it was a very good place for me to be. <laughs> okay. And did you uh, – all right. And then you've been uh, – you've gone to the Middle East recently as well, right? I have. I did a, a solo journey, another pilgrimage, just to Galilee. I, I didn't uh, – I didn't tackle Jerusalem. I didn't want to do too much on one trip. So I uh, I went to Galilee and found out what there was for me to find there. Okay. So obviously your religion is important to you. But, I, but I'm hearing also, um, in your words, I'm hearing a desire to connect with humanity in general. Well, I... Exactly. I and that's what I like about your show. I I love your ARC awareness, <laughs> risk taking and compassion. I I believe that's applicable to everybody and you know, I I think that's the um that's a very Christian message and uh I I think that we we get bogged down with with too many details and too much dogma, but uh, Christianity is people to people, and that's that's where it gets down to. Well, and and we could we could probably do a, a ten shows talking about how Christianity is also used um, to make people other rather than to be inclusive. But but I you know you know the thing that I always come back to, and I didn't know that we'd be talking about Jesus today. But the <laughs> thing that I always come back to is. That Jesus was the guy who hung out with the misfits. Exactly. I mean that that's the whole story. And um, one of the things that really turned up for me on that trip to Galilee and visiting the Mount of the Beatitudes, which really didn't sink into me much there because there were too many people taking selfies and too crowded. But afterwards, um, I found a book called The Beatitudes of Peace by John Deere actually was given to me. That's a long story. But uh, the Beatitudes, what Jesus spoke to all those oppressed people on the mountain as he began his ministry, we forget that message too much. But hmm. that, that's what he was all about. Yeah, well, I think you and I both know what side of the border fence Jesus would be on, right? I agree with you, 100%. <laughs> so... Um, all right, so we've got a couple, just a couple minutes left, and um, you know, t- tell me, how do you think you got this way, John, to be an idealist? You talked about, you know, hearing about somebody talk about uh, the Peace Corps, but there's got to be something else that happened with you to get you to want to make the world a better place. Oh wow, <laughs> uh, that would take. A very long time to answer. I I don't know if I can give you a short answer on that, Ellie. I I tell you what, I feel very privileged that you would ask me that question. Maybe that's an idealistic answer too. But uh, was there somebody you know, in your life growing up that modeled for you about yeah, you know, you know, being I, good to other people? I was people? very fortunate to have uh, wonderful parents um, and directed me the right way and other markers along the way. Other people along the way, people that have helped show me who to be. And, um, you know, my wife, Barb, is one of those. And she is um, she's a true light. And people that uh, meet her and know her uh, will tell you that. Uh, I have no doubt about it. I have no doubt. I don't know her, but I have no doubt that she is a true light. So, well... Um, you know, John, uh, we could probably have a couple of different shows. Who knows? Um, but, I, you know, I, I just um, I want to tell you that I'm thankful for SALT, your group. Thank I'm you. thankful for you. And I'm thankful that um, you're doing a lot of things about connecting dots for humans. And we can both agree that that is so incredibly important for us, don't you? 
Thanks. I agree. I, you know, uh, living up north, we live outside of the area of your your broadcast, right? But uh, I've listened online now to a few, and um, what you're doing and how you're reaching people is just uh, so awesome. So um, I'm going to tell people about you, and <laughs> uh, I hope your your message spreads. Thank you, John. Thank you so very much, and thanks for being on Illy 2.0 Radio. Oh, you're welcome. My privilege. All right. Well, listeners, we've been speaking to uh, John Anderson from Grace Lutheran Church up in Andover about the F word, the Forgiveness Project, and simply about being a darn good human. And so if you like what you hear on this show, remember, please visit the website at illycrug.com or email me at lejkrug at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. And when we come back from our break... I'll do my C-block talking a little bit about my work. Thanks. This is Ellie Krug from Ellie 2.0 Radio on Mondays from 7 to 8 a.m. Many listeners know that I founded Human Inspiration Works, LLC, which trains on human inclusivity and on how to be welcoming diverse humans. Today, organizations of all sizes find that they need to train team members on diversity and inclusion. I can do that. Many say that my trainings change the way they see the world. I'd love to help make your organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. One of the best parts of spring is the annual Easter Brunch Buffet at the Park Tavern. Enjoy Easter ham and herb-crusted beef, eggs benedict, Atlantic cod, a variety of salads, sides, and desserts. Seatings are at 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Sunday, April 21st, and reservations are recommended. $20.95 for adults, $14.95 for seniors. Kids are $10.95 and 5 and under are free. And don't forget the hour of free bowling with every reservation. On Louisiana Avenue, north of Highway 7 in St. Louis Park, and at parktavern.net, a great Easter brunch with family is easy at the Park Tavern. What kind of a jackass would let an animal pick their insurance? Did you really think a lizard could save you money on car insurance? Would you let a duck pick your health policy? Insurance can be a zoo, but this is ridiculous. What you really need is an insurance agent that isn't looking out for the insurance companies. You need Cheryl at Array, an independent agent with 30 years' experience looking for the best rate possible. Quit monkeying around and call 763-504-3067. That's 763-504-3067 for Cheryl at Array, representing you, not the insurance company companies. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Catch New Beginnings with Freddie Bell, Saturdays at 11 on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. If you're someone that counts on AM 950 to bring you the latest in progressive politics, news, and talk, remember, we can't do it alone. Support our many great advertisers and let them know you heard about their business on AM 950. If you don't know who to talk to, simply write AM 950 on your receipt. AM 950 is supported by small local businesses, so you're not only helping us and those businesses, but our local economy as well. For a complete list of our sponsors, log on to am950radio.com. April showers bring May flowers, but who knows what else April weather will bring. Fortunately, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has you covered. Standard's triple savings sale saves you up to $2,300 when you install a new furnace and AC before April 30th. So find out more about Standard's triple savings sale and how you can save up to $2,300 today at standardheatingdeals.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Comfort you deserve. Um, now, listen, you, um, of course, this is radio, so, and we didn't, we weren't on Facebook Live, so we don't have John Anderson, um, but let me tell you, he is a, um, he is a tall man, um, and he is somebody um, who obviously has a phenomenal heart. He does. I mean, there are a couple of times he tugged at my heart by just the way he he said some things. And then after the interview, he said some more things that really tugged at my heart. He is a good human. And you know what? There are so many good humans out there. There are. 
Oh, well, all right. So we're in my C block, I want to talk a little bit about my work and and and, and really, I, I, I we're going to just carry through on this forgiveness theme, and it's causing me to re- reevaluate learning about the forgiveness project. Learning about um, uh, the F word exhibit is causing me to reevaluate some things in my life. So as it turns out, okay, um, I've actually been advocating for forgiveness for years, but not actually knowing it. Let me explain. So transgender people, guess you know, remember, I'm trans. When we come out, particularly when we come out later in life, like I did at age 52, we lose people. Um, and, and we lose people because they believe it's a choice. They don't understand this thing about having to live authentically and they don't understand that we've been fighting ourselves our entire lives to actually be our, consistent with our true gender and not the gender assigned to us at birth. And so we lose people because they think that we're cho- just choosing, that we don't have to be who we truly are. And when I say we lose people, I mean they stop talking to us. They shut us out of their lives. When I transitioned uh, genders in, in, uh, at age 52, um, I lost my sister. Um, and then I, way more importantly, I lost my older daughter. I lost my older daughter for four years. We went for two and a half years without seeing each other because she refused to see me. But ultimately, both my uh, sister came back and my daughter came back. My sister came back. We're not as good as we were before the transition. My daughter and I, we are very good now. We are, we are as good, if not better, than what we were before I transitioned. And so what I've been telling, though, what I tell other transgender people is that, is that when they lose somebody, I tell them that they have a choice, that they have the choice to, to, they could, because they've been hurt by that person, they could turn back and hurt that other person back by saying, well, you've shut me out. I don't want you in my life anymore either. That's vengeance. That's hurt showing up in anger. And, and I tell trans people, well, you have the choice to do that or you have the choice to keep your heart open and to tell people that you will wait for them to come around. And I always advocate for that second course because if you shut your heart off to a person who's, who's, who you've lost, it makes it far more difficult for them to come back. They might not ever come back because they don't even know if they're welcome to come back. But if you tell them, I will wait for you, I will wait for you that I will, I love you and I will wait for you to come around. Then at least you've, you've given them the pathway to return. And I'm realizing as I was preparing for this radio show as for this work, I'm realizing that, that that thing that I've told so many transgender people about keeping your hearts open, that that actually is about forgiveness. So, you know, there you go. I guess I have been talking about forgiveness for a long time. On the other hand, um, of late, I've been listing um, in my head the number of people who have wronged me um, and for whom my heart is a bit darker. Much of this difficulty for me and much of this um, less being far less receptive to humans who have, who have hurt me um, has to do with me being marginalized by those people. And frankly, much of it, I think, has to do with them treating me poorly because I am female. Not because I'm transgender, but because I am female. You know, you've heard me on the show talk before about a man who in a crowded room with about 30 people, you know, after I'd made an impassioned plea about um, preserving some architecture in Dinkytown, stood up in front of my peers, in front of people who were friends of mine, in front of people who were colleagues, and said to me, you either you either intentionally just misstated the facts or you are just plain ignorant. He said that to me. No, man, I, that would never have been said to me when I presented as a man. And so I've told that story often about that man doing that. And, um, and frankly, um, this whole project, this whole show about forgiveness has caused me to, to really reevaluate. Have I ever forgiven that man for doing that, for, for embarrassing me like that and for marginalizing me in front of those folks? And more recently, I've, I'm on a condo board and I've had, I, we don't even need to get into it, but I, I've been 
the subject of of of, of some horrible statements by people by a particular person who hurt my heart um, and but I'm finding myself reevaluating because I've I've turned darker to that person as well and I'm thinking that maybe that's not right Ellie that you need to actually forgive that person for what um, words that he said to you and so and then <laughs> and then not that we're going to make this a therapy session folks but um, I've, of late, been having some questions about forgiving myself for some things. Before this show, before I started preparing for this show, I had re- resigned myself, and I probably is the right word, resigned, because um, I know that it's necessary, but I, it's going to be a lot of work for me, and it's going to cost uh, dollars as well as time, um, that I need to go back to therapy. I have not, I've not been in therapy except for a brief, very, very couple stints i haven't been in therapy for over 10 years um and but i need to go back because i need to find somebody i need to talk to them about um a a number of things including um doing some forgiving of myself and so um this forgiveness stuff is really really powerful you know and it's about um surviving the human condition It really is. So ask yourselves about it, about forgiving, and where are you? I need to close the show now. I could uh, literally go on. So, um, you know, um, last show or the show before, I asked for stories about acts of random acts of human kindness that you've experienced from other humans. And I've actually started to have listeners send me those uh, instances. Please, will you do me a favor and will you um, please send me stories of random acts of kindness that you've experienced or that you've witnessed other humans do. And I th- what I'm really angling to do is to do a show around random acts of kindness. I know that that doesn't fit entirely about idealism, but it sure does in my book because it's idealistic to try and change the way we talk about other humans to talk about them as being good. I need to give a big shout out to Brending Electrolysis, uh, my sponsor. Uh, Make sure you let Bev know that um, she is just a rock star. Go and see her, please. She does incredibly great work. Talking about rock stars, I've got Hunter Hawes here as my my producer. Hunter, you're just wonderful. And Brent's also helped, Brett Johnson's also helped me today. And I need to thank you listeners for tuning in. The show is actually getting really great traction. So thanks so very much. I will be back next week um, with another show. Talking about changing the world. Bye.